Rabbi Jonathan Sachs points out that at the beginning of Parshas Yisro, when Yisro sees Moshe Rabbeinu judging Klai Yisrael all on his own, and there are long lines and it takes all day, so Yisro remarks to Moshe that what's going on with him doing all the judging alone, Lotov hadavor it's not good, Lotov, it's not good what you're doing. And Rabbi Sachs points out that the other place where it says that exact phrase, Lotov, is where HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Lotov heyos adam levado. Uh, back in Parshas Bereshis, Hashem says it's not good for man to be alone. He needs a companion. Uh, and so, says Rabbi Sachs, um, the point being that one of the axioms of life, according to the Torah, is that we are part of a social structure and part of a community. And we can't do it alone. Even the word chayim, he says, is in plural. And he brings down a remarkable Nitziv that talks about much the same idea, where the Nitziv says that Yisro's advice, Lotov, it's not good what you're doing by yourself. It's understandable how that helps Moshe Rabbeinu. He's exhausted. He's tired out. But how does it help the people to be judged by somebody who's not Moshe Rabbeinu, who don't share his instinctive understanding of what the law should be, of what the judgment should be, of who is guilty and who is innocent, and who wins and who loses, so the Nitziv brings down a Gemara from Sanhedrin, Davav Amid Beis, where it talks about the concept of bitsua, of mediation. And it says that one of the opinions in the Gemara is that bitsua, mediation between people to try to find a compromise solution, is not a good thing. Because it should be a direct mishpat, as Moshe Rabbeinu himself had the attitude of yikov hadin esahar, let the judgment pierce the mountain, and be either completely right or completely wrong, absolutely strict justice. But the Gemara then goes on to say that if you have strict justice, if you have mishpat, makom sheyesh mishpat ain't shalom, then you don't have peace. But uva makom sheyesh shalom ain't mishpat. But in a t- situation where all you have is peace, then there is no righteous judgment, which is interesting because we live in a time period during protests where they like to say no justice, no peace. And so the people shouting that clearly didn't learn the Gemara very carefully. So what does the Gemara mean to say? So Rabbi Sachs kind of elaborates on it with the idea that if you have strict justice, then both sides aren't going to feel like they were heard. And they're not going to be satisfied with the resolution, even if it's the righteous and just resolution, because they don't feel that anybody empathizes with them and what they've been going through. Uh, It's actually going to help the people to have a lower level of judges who lack the completely strict justice viewpoint of Moshe, but who have been instructed by him so that there is still justice involved. Where is there a situation where you can have peace between people and justice ruling properly? That's bitsua, says the Gemara. That's a situation where you mix the idea of justice with the idea of both sides feeling that there is a fair and just process. That can sustain a people, he says. And so to connect it to the the time that we are in as we come closer and closer to Adar uh, and the era of the Megillah, which I'm sure we're going to hear many daily schmoozing on the Megillah over and over, um, I uh, cite a woman named Dr. Yocheved Debo, who is the uh, Menahelet of a seminary in Israel, um, and who was here this past week speaking about Megillah's Esther. And she pointed out that Esther, through the beginning of the Megillah until Perak Dalit, is absolutely passive. Things are done to her or on her behalf, but she doesn't speak and she doesn't act until Mordechai appears in front of the palace dressed in sackcloth 
which is absolutely forbidden in the bubble world of the palace, never has heard a discouraging word and everything's always wonderful. Moshe Rabbeinu is highlighting his Jewishhood by being in front of the palace at a time when the Jews have had a terrible decree against them that Esther doesn't even know about. Perhaps in the whole palace they don't know about it. As I said, they live in a bubble world. So Esther sends out clothes to dress Mordechai more appropriately. And it says, Vatitzavehu el Mordechai. She sends her servant, Hasach, and commands him to dress Mordechai appropriately. And when Mordechai answers back, he also answers back, He commands her. As her uncle, uh, he is in a position of authority. So she sends a command. He sends a command. It says the word command three or four times back and forth. Uh, and that continues until they reach the point of understanding each other that she can go and speak on behalf of the Jewish people. But I pointed out to her after the speech that it's interesting that it says, It's only after the Vatetzavehus are done that we see that there's a, a, a dibra between the two of them, that they're listening to each other and mediating with each other and coming to a common goal. So as we enter the Zman of Purim of Yeshua for Klal Yisrael, which we sorely need these days, may we all reach the point where we can compromise and hear each other and listen to each other and reach the point where we have not just Mishpah, but also Shalom as well.